Local elections are near, and in Kaohsiung, many local borough chiefs are running for election uncontested. Out of 890 borough chiefs in the city, 325 will run for election with no challenger. That means they will win if they gain a single vote. But what does, that, what does an election mean for a candidate who doesn't have an opposition? We spoke to three of Kaohsiung's rivalist candidates to hear how they're approaching the vote. In the lanes of Hamasan in Kaohsiung, you can find the home of Hong Jincheng. The Huian borough chief has been in office for 24 years. His certificates hang by the front door, though some are yellow and faded. This will be his seventh election and he has no challenger, but he's used to that. Of course I want to encourage voter turnout. If you are the only candidate but nobody votes, that doesn't look good. Another uncontested candidate is Lin Zitian, seeking his fourth term as chief of Renhe Borough in Lingya District. It's his second uncontested election. He says he runs the community like his own family. If a typhoon sweeps through, he'll press on with a mid-autumn festival party on the street. Locals say he's a good leader come rain or shine. Voter turnout is a referendum on how he runs the community. Last time I won 93% of the votes. The goal is for our neighbors to judge. We'll see how they evaluate me. I'm not presuming anything. Meanwhile, in the city's Xinxing district, Desheng Borough Chief Wu Sanxiong is running with no competitor for the fourth time. But he has his own standards for success. I get 1,700 votes. That means 1,700 people approve of me as Borough Chief. That means I've succeeded. Without a rival to push against, local leaders have to work harder to encourage people to get out and vote. Their performance over the last four years will be judged by the show of support at the ballot box, or lack of it. Taiwan is currently facing a declining birth rate and an aging population, which has decreased the size of the working age population. At a forum, National Development Council Minister Gong Mingxing spoke about the government's three main policy directions. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. National Development Council Minister Gong Mingxing said that in order to improve talent development strategies in Taiwan, the government will make efforts in three major directions. The first is strengthening the recruitment of foreign professionals. He said that the government will continue to promote the Taiwan Employment Gold Card Open Work Permit to provide talents with better job flexibility while living in Taiwan. The second is attracting and retaining overseas students. It is necessary to introduce a large number of foreigners. The government has made plans in three directions. We hope that in the next 10 years we can attract 400,000 foreign workers. That's why we have the Act for the Recruitment and Employment of Foreign Professionals, which is currently being revised. It provides workers great flexibility. Professionals can go through a vetting process to obtain the employment gold cards. The cards will allow them multiple entries into Taiwan from their countries of origin at any time within three years. If they stay for a longer time, they can apply for a permanent residence permit. We're also looking forward to the arrival of international students in Taiwan. At present, the number of overseas degree students is around 10,000, and there are about 5,000 to 6,000 students who stayed in Taiwan afterward. I hope that number can grow. 
I hope that over the coming seven years or eight years, the foreign student capacity will grow threefold from more than 10,000 people to more than 40,000 people. The third policy is providing opportunities for migrant workers in Taiwan to further their skills and careers. Third, don't forget that foreign migrant workers in Taiwan also help us a lot. There are about 700,000 foreign migrant workers in Taiwan. Some of them are young people, and some of them graduated from high school and university. They're outstanding, so we provide a channel for them to stay. For example, after being employed, they can stay in Taiwan by working part-time while studying. They can stay by pursuing an associate degree or a degree. Or they can become more senior, skilled, mid-level technical people. We of course would like them to stay. In addition, the government also hopes to attract STEM workers and retain Taiwanese talents to help with Taiwan's digital transformation. First, we need to create a stage for these talents. In the past, Taiwan's industry developed through OEM work, but OEM relies on low costs, so many talents ended up going abroad because overseas costs are lower than in Taiwan. In our policies, we want to create more opportunities for industrial development. From a global perspective, the most important development trend is digital transformation. So we need a lot of talents to help in digital transformation, STEM talents. Taiwan also needs talents with an international vision. That's why the bilingual policy is very important and will greatly help Taiwan's future competitiveness. Taiwan is currently facing a declining birth rate and aging population, which has reduced the number of working-age adults. At the forum, academics, experts and government officials gather together to exchange ideas on how to grow and retain talent in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yan Wenqian in Taipei. Apple is launching its newest iPhone this Friday, the iPhone 14. Most would expect Apple fans to be itching to get their hands on this latest model, but in Taiwan, the announcement has resulted in a surge of purchases for the previous model, the iPhone 13. Experts say that there is not much difference between the two phones, except for the price. Let's hear from a retailer. We had a lot of iPhone 13s piled up. We didn't know what to do with them, with the iPhone 14 coming out. But in the end, ever since they announced the new phone, we've been receiving inquiries about the iPhone 13 or the iPhone 13 Pro, and whether we had any in stock at the shop. I have to tell customers that we don't have any. The day after the announcement, a lot of people came in to buy the older model. The iPhone 14 features an A15 Bionic chip and a 12-megapixel camera, both already implemented in the iPhone 13. But the price difference between the two can be stark. The cheapest iPhone 14 model starts at 27,900. That's 5,000 NT more expensive than the equivalent iPhone 13. And meanwhile, the 512 gigabyte version of the new phone is almost 10,000 NT more expensive than the previous model. The annual Semicon Taiwan exhibition kicks off this week, and many industry heavy hitters will be there. This year's edition of the event has attracted more than 700 companies from Taiwan and abroad and will feature 2,450 booths. That makes it the largest Semicon edition in 27 years. Though some companies have confirmed the drop in orders amid inflation, slowing demand and inventory restructuring, many firms have voiced optimism about their future prospects. 
Semicon Taiwan 2022 kicks off on Wednesday. Recent reports say the semiconductor industry has been hit by inflation and waning demand. Speaking at a press conference ahead of the event, Global Wafers Chair Dora Xu confirmed that some of her company's clients had adjusted orders. Lots of companies are saying that by the end of the year, they hope to make some simple adjustments to their stock. However, at the moment, there is little impact on us. We are still in the process of communicating. Pegatron Chair Tong Zixian seemed less concerned, saying that the tech sector was resilient in the face of ups and downs in the economy. Tong encouraged companies to stay positive during unpredictable changes in the market and to focus on technological innovation. I'd say you should have confidence in the Taiwanese industry's ability to weather these highs and lows in the economy. Furthermore, autumn and winter are when the new tech products are released, and these are traditionally the industry's peak seasons. It looks like consumer spending will be quite strong. U.S. passed its CHIPS Act in July, encouraging investment in the country's semiconductor industry. TSMC has established a new fab in the state of Arizona, and Global Wafers has plans for Texas in November. Reports say the company had initially planned the new plant for South Korea, but changed its mind after a phone call from U.S. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo. The Global Wafers chair said that there were other factors behind the decision. It wasn't just because of that phone call that we made our decision. We had only heard hearsay about the U.S.'s CHIPS Act, but we had been looking at it and talking about it for quite a while. In fact, we didn't know if the things we heard were true or not. Without suitable subsidies, production costs in the U.S. would have been much higher than in Asia. The U.S.-China war over chips has been heating up, and the U.S. plans to introduce further curbs on tech exports to China. As an important industry partner of the U.S., Taiwan will be forced to play its cards right. Taiwan shares staged a rebound on Tuesday, at one point approaching the 15,000-point mark. The gains come amid easing inflation in the U.S. and growing confidence among investors, with Wall Street closing up for four days in a row. In Taiwan, electronics and semiconductor shares helped lift the Taiex by as much as 142 points during the trading session. In the end, the market lost a little momentum to closing up 86 points at 14,894 on turnover of 182.4 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. Currently, a good strategy is to choose Taiwan shares that are going up in the U.S. For example, in recent days, Apple concept stocks have been a good choice. The U.S.-China trade war has put a lot of pressure on Chinese semiconductors, but that has allowed Taiwanese semiconductors and application-specific integrated circuits to perform quite well. We need to look at turnover, which recently hasn't been high enough. Taiwan shares closed up for the second day in a row after the mid-autumn festival. Over in the foreign exchanges, the new Taiwan dollar continued depreciating. At one point during the trading session, the NT sunk to a low of 30.915 against the greenback. It ended up closing at 30.89 NT to the U.S. unit. A couple from Tainan is traveling the country to spread cooking skills and generosity this summer. It's the eighth year that Ling Bo and Jing Baoyi have made their charity tour. They teach kids and adults how to cook healthy mantou and then donate the food to those who need it. At the same time, they enjoy the wonderful natural scenery of Taiwan and spread hope about the possibilities of life. And all of this was inspired by a troubling workplace accident. Let's meet Lin and Chen to hear more. 
The couple drive a van across the towering mountainsides of Taiwan in their round-the-island quest. It's not just about the scenery, though. They arrive at this centre run by the Taiwan Fund for Children and Families. With pink aprons on, they join children and volunteers in cooking up some delicious brown sugar mantol. Aside from medical workers, there's also all the TFCF centers in Taiwan. We give 300 manto to everyone, first in Taidong, then Hualien. Manto sales help provide scholarships for students. The self-styled manto couple from Tainan once ran a Zongzi rice dumpling stall in a market. Some years ago, Mrs. Jin's right hand was caught in the noodle press. That accident led the couple to realize how transient life is. If life is so fleeting, let's not let good deeds wait, they thought. That's when they started travelling Taiwan to teach folk how to make mantol. There's a saying that goes, better to teach a child to fish than give him a fish. When the mantel are rising, we take the kids to see our van, that we call our Transformers van. It's a vintage car. Just by adding a mosquito net and a shower tub, we can use it to travel all around the country and share our love. Lin and Chin make a home from their van, with an orange tub for a shower and a mosquito net to demarcate the bedroom. They can watch the stars come out at night, then dawn brightening the sky. On their travels, they're giving disadvantaged children a cooking lesson, as well as life lessons. This is already the eighth year they've set out on the road. When we began, the first year, the second year, we had no experience. We just gave the manto to orphanages. It grew over time and we got more and more excited about it all. And it evolved into running these events. This is what they call a transfiguration spell, turning small money into big money, a little love into a lot of love. The couple traverse the hills and valleys of Taiwan to bring their transfiguration to families in every county. When you open the steamer, first of all you see is wisps of fog, but when the mist clears, you see what was important all along. A cross-party delegation led by French Senator Sari Pelava on Monday headed to Geelong to visit the site of a historic battle between France and the Qing dynasty. There, the delegation met with city officials who took the opportunity to highlight the historical and cultural significance of the city, popular with the European visitors. The two sides also discussed opportunities for future cooperation. Flowers in hand, the delegation from the French Senate stands before a monument to French soldiers who died in Taiwan. Led by French Senator Cyril Pelavat, the delegation met with DPP Jilong mayoral candidate Tsai Shiying and the city's director of culture Chen Jinping on Monday. The group visited the Shawan History and Culture Park along with several historical sites in the city. These past few years, with the help of the city government, we've built this culture park. We hope to foster a sense of this being a historically significant place. Because we've rebuilt this place in this way every time people visit from Europe, like when a French delegation comes, they name this area as a place to visit. It's because this is a site full of history. This is the fourth French delegation to visit Taiwan over the past year. The cross-party delegation visited the site of the historic Qing-French battle in Jilong and discussed areas of future cooperation between Taiwan and France.
Taiwan's representative office in Macau could soon be left without any Taiwanese staffers. Reports say the Macau government has left the current three Taiwanese diplomatic staff at the office in a legal limbo by neither giving, granting nor denying visa extensions for them. Reports say the lack of action from the Macau authorities could be due to the refusal by Taiwanese staffers to sign a document pledging allegiance to Beijing's One China Principle. This is Taiwan's representative office at the Dynasty Plaza building in Macau. Reports say diplomats at the office may be forced to leave if they don't sign a letter committing to Beijing's One China Principle. If signing a document endorsing Beijing's One China Principle is the only way for them to get a visa, then we might as well recall them all. In 2019, the Macau government started asking Taiwan officials in the office to sign a letter endorsing Beijing's One China Principle. Otherwise, they would not be issued a visa or a visa extension. That's why the position for the head of the office has remained vacant since the retirement of Chen Xuehui in 2019. Now, the office has just three diplomats left, and their visas are running out soon. Though they have applied for a renewal, the Macau government has left them in a paperwork limbo, neither granting a new visa nor rejecting the application. If the diplomats aren't issued a new permit by the end of October, they'll all have to leave Macau. It happened before in Hong Kong when the diplomats there were asked to sign the endorsement. Back then, the Mainland Affairs Council's repose was to reject the belittlement, saying that Taiwan officials would refuse to sign such a document. This is all political maneuvering by China, but still, we wouldn't want our officials to have to compromise under such high pressure, under the pressure of Beijing's One China Principle. If things stay as is, Taiwan's office in Macau may be left only with local staffers. Meanwhile, reports say that to prevent a potential confiscation by Chinese authorities, the Mainland Affairs Council is considering selling off the Sun Yat-sen Memorial House in the city. The house has an area of 133 ping and is valued at around 140 million NT, costing the council 500,000 NT a year in maintenance. Currently, the property ownership is registered with APHS, a company fully owned by the Mainland Affairs Council. With the possibility of confiscations on the horizon and the end of Taiwanese staffers in Macau, Taiwan is preparing for the worst-case scenario. Taiwan's first batch of next-gen vaccines targeting the BA1 Omicron subvariant could arrive as early as this week, says the CECC. But with the BA5 subvariant now being the dominant strain in Taiwan, some people say they'll wait until BA5 vaccines roll out to get a booster. A doctor says there is no need to wait, urging the public to get whatever vaccine is available to boost protection against the disease. The BA5 subvariant now accounts for more than half of all new COVID infections in Taiwan. Though a next-gen vaccine targeting the Omicron subvariant could soon roll out in Taiwan, some members of the public say they want to hold out for a BA5 vaccine. Doctors advise against waiting, saying it is best to first take whatever vaccine is currently available. Which vaccine should you take? Take the vaccine for whatever variant is closest to the variant that is most widespread. So if the dominant strain is the BA5 subvariant, you take the BA5 vaccine. However, if that's not available, then take the next best thing, the BA1 vaccine. 
If you can't get the BA1 vaccine either, then you take the original COVID vaccine. CCC official Philip Lowe says the FDA has already approved the new next-gen COVID vaccine for adults aged 18 and over. He says the CCC has not ruled out making the shot available to everyone under 50 in the third phase rollout. Our eventual goal is to have people just take one booster per year. Of course, we don't have the doses available for that now because people all over the world need this vaccine. However, I believe that in the end, everyone will be able to take the next-gen shot. Posting to Facebook, CCC head Victor Wong said the next-gen BA1 vaccine from Moderna should arrive in Taiwan this week, with the company's documentation for the BA5 vaccine to arrive later in the month. Meanwhile, the FDA is expected to review paperwork for Pfizer's next-gen vaccine before the end of the month. Physicians urge those eligible to take a next-gen shot to book one as soon as possible. Taiwan reported 46,795 local COVID infections on Tuesday, the highest daily tally in 83 days. The CCC says the high number could be due to the rise of the BA5 subvariant in Taiwan, as well as lowered reported numbers over the mid-autumn festival long weekend. The CCC also added 56 patients with moderate to severe cases of COVID and 17 deaths, as well as 256 imported cases. The number of treatment courses prescribed soared to 8,816, the highest number since June 27th. The CECC says that as of yesterday, there's been a total of 14,427 reports of patients who've been infected by the virus more than once in Taiwan. Currently, Taiwan defines reinfection in two ways. Patients are deemed reinfected if they present a CT value of 27 or under and experience worsening symptoms within three months of the first infection. If more than three months have passed, they are deemed as reinfected if they have a CT value of 30 or under regardless of whether they present symptoms.